All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. And um, yet again, brand new, not just one guest, but two guests, brand new guests, Anna and Ryan Leonard are here with me. Thank you guys for making time to hang out with me for a bit today and, and share with our community. Wow, Nathan, look, thank, just thank you and thank you to everybody who's listening. We just feel so honored um, to be here and we're super, super excited for today. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were chatting just briefly before we started recording. And um, I, I think between the three of us, we're going to easily fill an hour today. Um, plenty to talk about, certainly when it comes to business, but I think just life in general. Um, you guys were super patient with me. We actually had a conversation to kind of break the fourth wall here for everybody listening in. Uh, we had a conversation, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, and I was in the middle of kind of juggling, well, let's call it a variety of things in my life at the moment, uh, at that point, and I was a little bit flustered on the phone and a little bit scattered. You guys were super patient. I think we're going to be able to dial things in a little bit more today, at least on my end, and this should be a lot of fun. Maybe just to kind of jumpstart us, we can get into one of my favorite questions, which has to do with brand of position. You guys are photographers and educators, but I'm wondering when you talk to a potential client, how do you communicate your brand position or your unique brand position there in your marketplace? Yeah. And I think that that's such a great question. And, and you kind of hit on um, both aspects for us. So I, I think for us, whether we're educating photographers or celebrating with our couples through photography all over the world, uh, our ultimate goal is to be a refuge for everybody that we serve. I think that that's one thing that we bring to the table that's kind of unique. And Anna, I'm, I'm curious, uh, and, and this will be kind of a fun conversation because I know we get to jump back and forth between the two of you. Do you have some thoughts to add to that and maybe even just comment on where you all came up with this idea of refuge as a brand position to begin with? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of times I do let Ryan do the talking. <laughs> he, besides when he does his, uh, like Ryan's randomness, like I told you earlier. Um, so we're going to try to defer that. But absolutely, Ryan is actually the one that originally came up with refuge. And so it's almost like fair for him to do the talking on that. But it is. It's It's. Um, what our business stands for. It is 100% our brand. Um, and it's what we want our brides. And now that we have the opportunity to serve photographers, it's what we want them to feel when we're serving them, when we're speaking with them in any way, shape or form that we are coming in contact with them. We want them to feel like they have a refuge in us. And, and I love that um, for the main reason, which is that it's actually unique. You know, when we talk about this idea of brand position on the podcast, um, I do so, first of all, because not enough photographers are even aware of the concept, nor are they implementing it actively or proactively in their business. When we talk about brand position, for anybody listening in who's not familiar, we're just talking about the value proposition that your business brings to the market. And ideally, that value proposition is unique. You know, for example, I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. If I say I am a wedding photographer, theoretically, that is a brand position. I'm communicating the value proposition I bring to the marketplace. I'm a wedding photographer. But in, in you all's case, you're talking about focusing on an experience which provides the feeling, as you, as you highlighted, Anna, of refuge for your clients. And I, I've literally never heard any photographer talk about it, at least using that particular word before. So in this case, you don't just have a value proposition, you have a unique value proposition. And, and I really love it for that reason. Yeah, well, and that that's what um, it's, you know, we, we were chatting with you about this before, but we love 
everything that Refuge stands for. I know that we'll dive into it more uh, today. And again, we're, we're just super excited to chat about it. Well, yes. And, and uh, to give everybody context to that comment, we are going to get into how to create that sense of refuge for your clients as photographers. It may not be your brand position, but uh, I know that especially in light of what 2020 felt like for probably most all of us, uh, we're all looking in some form or fashion in our personal lives and our professional lives, combination of both maybe for that sense of refuge, just feeling like things are okay. And if we can add that element to our business, um, our clients are going to have that much better experience. So we'll come back to that in just a little bit. But uh, moving to the next question, and it's very relevant uh, in light of our conversation, talk to us a little bit about experience, the experience that you're creating for your customers, and maybe what you would say would be the most important principle behind providing a great customer experience. Yes, Nathan, you're so right. For us, like we said earlier, speaking about refuge and the meaning behind that is like one of our favorite topics. But our second, or I guess you should say like equally favorite um, topic would be experience because we truly do believe, uh, you know, know, it's all about experience. We're living in a time where photography is becoming a more popular thing. um, And actually good photography is becoming more popular, which makes our hearts happy. So there's got to be a way that you can set yourself apart. um, And it can't just be by pretty work. And we, we really feel that that's with the experience that we provide for our clients. And for us, our most important principle behind ensuring it's wonderful for them is that our belief is that our purpose and all that we do is to love and serve. Um, As cheesy as it may sound when it comes to knowing how to do that best, we really just follow the golden rule and that we want to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Hmm. Well, So a couple of things you said there resonate with me. One, I I love that you highlight that not only is photography, you know, become much more accessible and popular, uh, but it good photography is more readily available. I mean, it's amazing what, you know, our, our phones, the, the photography that we can do just with our phones, uh, much less or much more <laughs> the SLRs that, that we own. And so we do have to do something to, to stand out. It goes beyond, um, you know, in the, the old, kind of the quote unquote olden days, it was, you know, winning fancy awards at, at trade shows or conferences with our work. And the reality is that has little impact on the the client experience that we deliver and ultimately how our clients even see us. It is all about that experience and creating something that is unique, super important. But I love that you highlight the importance of the golden rule. Let's make that or help that other person feel the the same things that we would want to feel engaging with a third party, engaging with another company. And in this case, specifically being photographed by someone else what's an example of something in particular that you all do to help them feel that through your photographic experience? Absolutely. So I have two really big ones in my opinion, um, because I was a bride once. Yeah. A lot of our story comes from me being obsessed with pictures growing up, but one is uh, all about our turnaround time. Um, and so on that, we ensure that we're going to get them photos back in a very timely manner simply because I know when I get my photos taken or especially when I was getting married, I could not wait to celebrate with my images. I couldn't wait to look at, you know, I looked at them over and over. I couldn't wait for those moments. So I don't want to take that, you know, special moment away from our brides. um, And I want to deliver that in 
like I keep that in my mind of, you know, what I would want in that. And then a lot of it also goes into like our session experience. So Ryan and I have, before we were photographers, honestly, I should have probably confessed this um, out loud in public, um, but we didn't, we didn't really get our photos taken professionally very often. Since becoming photographers, it's something that we, you know, like we, we take advantage of any chance that we get. Sure. Um, but every time we get in front of the camera, you know, I tell whoever it is that's taking our photos, like, I know we're photographers, but I don't want you to treat me like I'm a photographer. I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to let me know that my hair looks good. I need, you know, like, I think I look cute. I need you to confirm that I look cute, you know, (laughs) all of these these things. Um, So I keep that in mind when we are serving our clients that, you know, it's such a big difference for the bride when you go in and you say like, Hey, let me brush this hair off of your shoulder. You know, like you give her that confirmation that like you have her best interest at heart. And Ryan and I like to joke all the time. We're like, don't worry. We will not make you look bad. If you look bad, we look bad. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. It's those senses of, you know, like I said, it's cheesy, but it's really just the truth. It's like, how would I want to be treated in these situations? And so that's how we're going to treat our clients. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, you mentioned turnaround time and and to kind of play off that, use that as a segue here. Talk to me about time management um, as it relates to some type of balance that you all are trying to find in your lives personally and professionally. I mean, the, the obvious significance of your relationship, your marriage, how that affects time management, and then how you fit running a business into your life simultaneously. Can you talk a little bit about what has enabled you to better manage time in that way? Yeah, I, I, that is a, that's a great question. And so, <laughs> yeah, we, um, so but before we were wedding photographers and educators, we were teachers. Um, and so we built our business. Like we, we didn't go to school for this. We built our business while driving a school bus and coaching football and cheer after school. Wow. And so from the beginning, there was never really just this overwhelming amount of time that we could spend to build a business. So I think that that almost helped us from the beginning. We learned that we had to get systems in place that were going to set us up for success. So essentially every part of our business, there's a system that we've created to do that. And so whether that's through shooting, whether that's through um, our, our editing, our client experience, every part of what we do um, has has a system attached to it. Yeah. And with those systems, like they're so at this point seamless, which of course we come, if, if you're a business owner listening and you can say that you never change anything about systems, then I, I really need to speak with you. Um, but of course, every day we come up with like new, new ways to implement systems to make it flow for, you know, our clients, for us, for everyone involved. But sure. we have come up with systems so much so that we're a, we were able to um, hire on an associate team and assistant to essentially make it to where we can do what everyone wants to do. We can be in two places at once um, and they're able to duplicate exactly, you know, the refuge experience because it's like, here's the systems that we do and they're able to follow it. Um, so that has really also given us more time for us, for our marriage, you know, like to actually just rediscover what free time actually is um, when we're able to hand off our task and even sessions to them. Okay. So you, you set me up beautifully for what is normally my next question having to do with outsourcing or delegating. And and you've piqued my interest because when you have a team, whether it's you know one person or 10 people, it requires learning how to communicate what you want effectively to that person or to those people 
so that they can do the task at hand in a way that you'd be happy with. And I know that that's a big challenge uh, for sole proprietor photographers who maybe don't have previous management experience. I'm curious if there is a, a particular technique related specifically to communication that you all have learned that has enabled you to effectively manage that team as you delegate work to them. We talk about this a lot because again, you know, we, we, Ann and I, we are married and so we run our business. And so, you know, we communicate with each other a lot. Um, I was talking with our gym owner the other day and she was like, you know, I, I don't know that I could work with like my husband all the time. And then, you know, they, they laugh and they're like, no, I mean, we totally could. But that's the thing that Anna and I, we are together. I mean, a lot. Like, not, yeah, not, <laughs> I, I was going to say 90% of the time, but it, it's like, it's 100. Um, but through that, you know, we've learned really good communication early on in our marriage. We had um, a couple that we looked up to and just kind of s- sought out wisdom from them about how they created such a um, successful marriage. And they, they pointed us in the direction of a book that we read that was essentially all about communication. And so that's been a big point for us starting our marriage and now that we run our business and have people working for us. Uh, so there's a few different things that we, we use that we kind of feel really allows us to connect and um, communicate with our employees in a good way. And I, I can tell that Anna's smiling over here. She's like, just, just dying to come in and talk. But yeah, so this is actually funny um, to really get to know Ryan and I, you would have to know our Enneagram types. I don't know if you're an uh, Enneagram guru or not, but I am a one. So I'm all about the to-do list, following the rules, you know, all of those types of things where Ryan is a seven, which is actually the complete opposite. Um, so the reason I'm giving him this look is I'm like, you know, this is my topic to talk about. Um, I'm the <laughs> one who keeps the team go like, you know, on in order and all of those kind of things. And honestly, this answer can change depending on the week and the tasks that we have ahead of us. Um, but it all just stems back to exactly what you were saying. And like Ryan was saying, we're very lucky that we learned this early on in our marriage and even being teachers, like communication is key. Um, So the only way that we're able to successfully have an associate team and have an assistant and for them to do what we expect, you know, like um, is to clearly communicate those things. And so we can't just assume anything. And that's what I have to always remind, (laughs) I have to remind Ryan a a lot. I'm the type of person I said, I think it goes back to being a teacher. I feel like God, you know, perfectly set us up for this of like, um, you've got to tell people and then you got to tell them again, you know, like, and even in a different way to make sure that we're all on the same page. But with our team, a lot of the way that we we have Monday memos. So, you know, we send those out of like what what the week looks like, what is expected of them. We also use the app of Marco Polo to communicate often because text messaging just doesn't cut it all the time. And And with us, we recently moved too. So our team is actually um, located in Mississippi and we're located in Florida. So that was even another like thing, a challenge into the communication that we had to d- figure out how we were going to keep, you know, the communication solid and there. And it's just making sure it's there weekly. <laughs> I like I like the idea of using a different messaging platform than just texting. I'm a little bit obsessive about the idea of keeping business and, and personal communication separate. And I, it, that's a loaded topic in and of itself. <laughs> and I don't think there's a, you know, a black and white kind of answer or solution or anything to it. But um, I, I do like the idea of separation because what, what can happen, whether it's with Marco Polo or, you know, we use Slack at Photographer's Edit, 
And of course, there are endless potential messaging platforms out there that we can use. Uh, it could even be Google Voice, for example. If, if, you're, if you know that your photography or photographic clients like to text and that's just a good way to communicate, give them a Google Voice number because at the end of the day, you can actually shut that off. You can shut off the notifications for that particular platform. Uh, with Google Voice, it used to, anyway, be able to set a time frame within which that communication can happen. And otherwise, it silences it, phone calls, text messages. And so I, I love that idea. Did you, how did you choose Marco Polo? And do you kind of create that distinction where you turn off business messaging so that you can just stick with the personal stuff later in the evening? Yeah, I think that that's a great, a great question. We, we kind of early on in our business too, we knew that we had to get systems in place and kind of separate task. And so, you know, like Anna has parts of our business that she's responsible for. I have parts of our business that I'm responsible for. And so do our associates and our assistant. And so with, within that, you know, like we do, I, I'm just like you said, I'm such a big proponent of keeping business in one space because, um, you know, like we love the app Instagram. It's amazing. Um, and, but we get so much traffic there that if you're trying to have an important conversation, it is so easy for it to get lost. It's so easy for it to get lost. And again, we go back to like our name refuge. My ultimate goal is for no one to fill that and nobody to get lost. So again, we're, we're trying to funnel them over and get them into one, uh, one place, but it was something too, that with us being married, you know, we, it was a very hard while we were starting this business to learn, like, when do we stop? Like, when do we turn, you know, quote unquote, like, when do we clock out and how do we do that? Because, you know, like we use email for work. Um, we, you know, we text each other and all these different things. So I, I think that it was just kind of natural for us when we brought on these other members of our team to just kind of keep business in one area and then kind of move them over to where we they have access to us in other aspects, like a text message, like if we just want to chat. But if we're doing business, we're going to move it over to one area where we always do business with them. Yeah, I think that compartmentalization uh, is, a, is a healthy thing. And it's not about you know, being snobby, I guess, for lack of a better word, where they can't reach you any other way. But I think just creating that bit of structure and organization is is important. Um, 100%. And that's what we, we say. And, and we tell both of our associates and our assistant this when we were br- bringing them in, that this is a business. Like there's no denying that. That's what this is. But more than that, we want the feeling and the culture to feel like a family. And so, it's so easy, um, you know, at that point, like if you treat it that way, like, absolutely. Like we're here to be a family, but there's certain times or in certain things within a family that we're going to do in one place that are appropriate. And then we're going to do some things in another place as well. That's cool. No, that's really, really great. I'm I'm curious, speaking of family, you've alluded, um, more than once now to your personal relationship, your marriage. And I want to know, I guess, what you've learned about how to, maintain a healthy relationship in the context of your together 24 seven, because if, if I've learned anything about relationships, uh, well, I've learned a number of things, hopefully about relationships over the years, romantic relationships in particular. But one of the things that I realized and in some ways had to really learn kind of a hard lesson 
uh, re- regarding relationships was the importance of independence. You know, you are together a couple when you get married, and and there's so much significance to that and learning how to do that. But at the end of the day, you're still individuals, and in order to have a healthy romantic relationship that still involves desire for the other person, you have to create a bit of independence uh, in order to maintain that. So I'm curious how. You were able to create that for yourselves amidst, quote, working together or being together 24-7. What does that look like? Yeah. And, and again, that, that's that's so true because, again, we're – I guess I don't even know that I've ever said that we're business partners. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess that we are. But that, that's a great question because just like what you're saying, you know, number one, we're, we're husband and wife. And then number two, we're in business together. And so keeping that relationship – of, hey, we're we're married to one another. And like what you're saying, we have an intimate relationship that comes far above we work together. But even further than that, you know, like I am my own person. And just like what Anna said earlier, I am so different than her and she is so different than me. And that's a beautiful thing because I don't want to be just like her and I don't want her to be like me because then our clients would miss out on so much. And we would miss out on so many wonderful things that each other brings to our marriage. Um, And so just like I was talking about earlier, how we divided tasks, you know, there are times that like we just break. And so, you know, like I was saying that Anna has certain things that she's responsible for. I have other things that I'm responsible for. So like I will go and get groceries. And I, as simple as that seems, it's like, oh, wow, well, you're going to go get groceries. I love it. I love shopping. Um, I really <laughs> to shop for clothes, but if I've got to shop for groceries, I'll do it. But, you know, I, and so I love it. I, it lets me get out of the house. I get to drive around. We live in such a beautiful little beach town. And so getting out and for me getting to experience that and see it and talk to people and do all these different things. I, you know, I, I love that. Um, yeah. And I would also say with this, it also goes back to we were married for a couple of years before we launched this business. So, and there was a lot that we learned in those years that I'm very thankful because I feel like it helped us to not only have a strong marriage, but start and having a strong business because we have to make both work. Um, and so with that, the, the key to me and what I feel like we do a good job at is communication, like we said earlier, and then expectation. Mm. So like with each other, like not putting so much expectation on each other and instead communicating, you know, like um, I feel like in <laughs> in marriage and in business, there's just a lot of times that it can be like there's an expectation put, but it's not communicated. And so therefore, that's where the problems tend to arise because you're not clearly communicating this expectation you have on the other um, so with whether it's business or whether it is just our marriage of clearly communicating like those expectations we have for each other and honestly being the strength for each other when we're feeling those weaknesses. So that's in business, I feel like has been our thing that we had to work through and that has helped us to become stronger on both ends of business and marriage is telling each other like, hey, I'm at like my breaking point, like I can't take anymore. So although this is my task. Like we need to communicate about what we can do today to make it done, but I don't know that I can do it. Um, and just being like upfront with each other. Of course, we can't back out of our task every day because that just wouldn't work. But there are days, you know, everyone has their days where it's just like it, it. I can't do this today, but our business still has to move forward. So like, let's use our marriage to like make this work. Um, and so in our marriage, we are each other's strengths and each other when each other is having weaknesses. 
That's a that's a really interesting point of conversation. We could probably spend quite a while there, but I, I love the way that you described it, Anna. And, and you know, it's funny how and, and and sad ultimately in some cases how in many comparable situations in a relationship, what will happen is instead of the communication happening like you described, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm having a really tough day. I'm overwhelmed. Is there a chance that you could handle this for me today? I just really need your help. That kind of conversation, which is simple enough and and would probably uh, result in you know not only the other person stepping in and helping out, but then a bit of relief for you. The day goes on, things are better. Instead of that happening, there is just kind of this. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast by, by Tim Ferriss, and he was and they were talking about this idea, this this question of what is the story that we're telling ourselves inside our head, and what what happens in the context of relationships specifically is that many times, rather than communicating openly and managing expectations proactively, we just kind of go inward. And we have this expectation of, well, the other person should know me well enough to know they should step in and do this and help me. And, you know, and, and we start kind of telling ourselves these stories, we get frustrated. And then that comes out in anger and a response to, you know, in some cases, an unrelated conversation. And then things kind of just go downhill from there. Um, and all it takes to minimize the possibility of that happening is proactively communicating, proactively managing expectations. I think that's really, really good. You actually alluded to, and this is a great segue to my next question about a favorite self-help book or business book. You alluded to a book on marriage a little bit earlier. Would you mind letting us know what that was? I think the name of it is Love and Respect. Oh, it is. And yeah. so um, that that was a book. And again, so, as just newlyweds, you know, you, you come in and, uh, Anna and I, we, we hadn't lived together prior to this. So it's like my whole entire world has changed. You know, I, I lived with my guys. We, uh, <laughs> it was like a bachelor pad. Yeah. Right in this time. We're going to go ahead and skip that. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was like communicating with the boys. It's like, did you eat my chicken? And he's like, yeah, your chicken. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, dang, I guess I ain't got chicken tonight. But you know, you, you, you can't necessarily just act like that with your wife. And so that book was so good because what it taught us was that, um, and, and this is like a very, very, um, Vague. Yeah, like vague topic here or or way to um, illustrate it. But that women have speak with pink words and they hear with pink ears and men talk with blue words and we hear with blue ears. So I may say something to Anna and I mean it as a compliment, but she it's blue and it's got to go into her pink ears. And so, that you know, this is going to sound very silly, but early on in our marriage, it would be one of those things to like, if Anna said something that maybe like kind of hurt my feelings, or if I said something that kind of hurt her feelings, it was like, Hey, I I just want to let you know, I, I heard something in my blue ears that I'm pretty sure you said with pink words. (laughs) Yeah. We would literally reference that book because that allowed us to open that communication that a lot of times, like you said, we, we tend to hold into or, and be like, you know, like making these stories up in our head of like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe he said that to me or like he meant that. And then when I opened up the conversation to be like, Hey Ryan, like I, I feel like you said this and like, I don't know that that's what you meant. This is how I heard it. And for him to say like, 
no, babe, like that's not what I meant at all. Um, it also stemmed back to that book helped us to remember. I, I know this was in Ryan's vows. I want to say that we actually both had this in our vows, but that we're actually we did. I yeah. know I can confirm. We both had them in our vows. <laughs> um, we're on the same team. And I, I think that that whole, I, I love the aspect of team because, you know, like that, that's what we say that Anna and I, we are a team like for our business we have an associate team that serves um, couples and seniors for us. And so the, this concept of team, and so we, we were both coaches before we were photographers. I, I coached football and did strength and conditioning, and Anna was with cheer and dance. And so th- that whole concept of we are on the same team, let's open that line of communication up have that discussion and move forward. So we know with being on the same team, we're never going to intentionally hurt each other or we're never going to intentionally, you know, like be out to get each other, reminding each other, like we're on the same team. So like, although you may have felt like this was what I was saying, like that's not what I was saying at all. And like I said earlier, everyone also has bad days too. So just reminding each other constantly that like we're on the same team and that maybe there was a little bit of miscommunication. (laughs) I I think that's, I mean, it's, I was about to say, I think it's everything. It's not everything for relationships. There's so different, so many different moving parts, but I think that is one of the most important concepts for a healthy romantic relationship, but certainly something that I've learned uh, over the last number of years is that notion that you can trust that the other person, uh, just put another way, has your back, right? If, yes. if the other person is on your team and you are trusting that, uh, then then you know that something that may have come off in kind of a weird way, you're not going to naturally just go take that personally. Maybe you'll get confirmation or clarity of what that comment meant, um, but the assumption isn't that other person is out to get me. It's not me versus them or them versus me. We are on a team. We're, we're in this together. Let's just figure this thing out. And when that's the premise, it's amazing how conversations, you can kind of take the edge off of potentially difficult conversations because you know you're in it together. I, I think that's a, a really beautiful thing. We'll make sure to link to love and respect in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for anybody listening in. I'm curious if you all have any other books you want to throw out there for our listeners as well. Yes. So th- this is so funny because in um, in high school and even in college, I was a terrible student. <laughs> terrible. I mean, my, my, my <laughs> teachers loved me. I tried to charm them so I didn't have to do that much work. Um, but I especially did not like to read. But I, I found a love for it. And so two books that I have just loved. Uh, one is called The Go-Giver. I love this book and I gift it to a lot of people because it's kind of, it's a play off of the go getter, right? You know, we've all heard of the, the kid, he's new to the game. Oh, that's a go getter. Well, it kind of turns that on its head and it's like, instead of being somebody who's out to get, be someone who goes out to give. Mm-hmm. And so I love that book. I, I could spend an hour talking about that book because I love it so much. But another it's, it's, that book is also a lot of in our business when we come, you know, to things that we're having to figure out and stuff, we kind of reflect back on that book. Um, so it's really helped us with our business as well. Yeah. And then earlier today, I was actually listening to a podcast. Um, I'm, a, I'm an Urban Meyer fan. I think that he's a great coach. Uh, I was a big fan of his when I was in the football uh, coaching world, but he wrote a book and it was called Above the Line Lessons in Leadership. And I love that book. Um, he, I think that 2020 was such a wild year. It was such <laughs> a wild statement of the century. <laughs> 
Well, and I, I just think that it was a, a really crazy year for a lot of people and nobody really saw that coming. Yeah. But inside of that book, Urban Meyer, um, he says E plus R equals O. And he says, you know, that we feel like as business owners or just as leaders or as humans, that we really don't have control over the outcome of our life. But he kind of, he spins that and he says that there's going to be an event, right? We can't control that the event happens, but what I can control is my reaction. Mm -hmm. And so the event plus the reaction is going to equal the outcome. So therefore, Mm. if I can't control the reaction, I, I actually do have a say in the outcome. And so I think that that was just such a promising thing for me because, you know, it can be discouraging last year, 2020 was a really discouraging year for a lot of people. But I think that that's such an encouraging thought that if I control, if I can control my reaction, which I can, then I kind of can control the outcome. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful, man. We could just stop right there and that, that would be enough to, <laughs> to just dwell on and, and then go do something about too. And because, you know, there, it, it's also easy to say those things. It's another thing to actually do it, but it's Absolutely. something that we, we all need to work on, um, in our lives and not just in context of, of COVID, although that <laughs> it's certainly the prime opportunity to work on it. And what about you? Do you have a book or two you'd recommend? Um, actually, no, I would recommend the same one. So I feel like Ryan took the words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> So I, I'm going to have to do a pass on that one. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Well, we're going to put both of those then in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. I really appreciate you sharing those. And let's go ahead and transition to kind of the main topic at hand, which has to do with this concept of of refuge. You know, Your business is called Refuge Photography. In fact, I, I should mention for everybody listening in, if you go to refugephotography.org, just like it sounds, uh, and certainly we'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com, but you can see Ryan and Anna's website there. And you can also find them on Instagram at refugephotography underscore ALR. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, but this is a theme for you. You have a photography business, um, a, a retreat as well called Refuge. You're excited about this concept, but I, I always like to get down to the kind of the base layer, uh, the philosophy, ultimately the belief system really that drives uh, what it is that makes people passionate about a particular thing. And, and when I say belief system, it, certainly it could be a religious belief system, but literally everything that we do is driven by a belief or set of beliefs. And I know I've given this analogy before in the podcast, but you know, for example, if I sit down on the stool not far away from me, I do so because I believe it's going to hold me up. Um, and, and that's just a very simple analogy, but the reality is that we, we make certain decisions for the sake of our personal lives and, and our business, of course, is part of that. Uh, that are rooted in a belief or set of beliefs. And I'm really curious to understand the belief or set of beliefs that's driving your passion for this idea of refuge because so little, so few people, I should say, uh, if any others at all in the photography industry specifically are focusing on this concept. Yeah, I, so I, I love this because <laughs> I feel like everything about our brand is encompassed inside of refuge. And so, you know, we we were talking. So I, I, we have a little baby business. Um, you know, our, our business we launched it three years ago this month. And so, we're, you know, we're three years old, um, and we've been so blessed to meet so many amazing people along the way. 
but it, again, everything ties in to refuge. And so, you know, that that's where we, we've created our business name. I can still remember this. We were driving down the interstate. We had left my families. We were visiting them for the holidays and we were, we knew we were going to launch a, a photography business. Because just a couple of weeks before we took that scary step of going and, you know, purchasing a camera on a nice little credit card. <laughs> <laughs> that That's very true. Uh, but, but we're driving down the road and we're talking about, you know, like, what is our name going to be? What is our name going to be? And so, you know, we, we, you know, well, what could, is it Anna and Ryan photography? Is it Ryan and Anna? But we kept coming back to one thing and this, we didn't want it to be about us. We wanted it to be more than Anna and Ryan. And so quite frankly, or quite simply, I guess I should say, you know, we find our ultimate refuge in Jesus Christ. And so we do have that faith that you were talking about. And that's kind of where our name comes from is that we want to kind of sink the refuge that we find in Jesus Christ to the experience that we can have with our clients. You know, I I tell them all the time, as cheesy as it is, that's, that's why we named our business refuge because we truly want to be that for our, our couples and um, the photographers that we coach. I think that's a beautiful thing. And, and I'm curious, actually, I, I come from a religious background. I actually grew up in a missionary family, spent about 10 years in Japan, um, spent probably, well, roughly at least half of my life in church. So I, I understand the thought process that you're describing, but I'm curious, how how do you create that sense of refuge for clients maybe that aren't Christians, that aren't believers? I, I, um, I love that. What does yeah. that look like? Absolutely. Such a great question. And so, you know, I think that it's like, okay, so like, what is refuge? And I think that like at the base of refuge, you have two people that have a deep desire to love and serve people. Yeah. And we have, a, and, and we take it like a little step further because we have a heart to make women see themselves as the beautiful woman that they are. And quite frankly, is what we view at like as Christ see them. And so for us, it's about loving and serving. Hmm. That, that's it. And, and so we like to, we like to think about it in a way of like, we want to do that in a way that Jesus would. So, you know, go back to putting the bracelet on our, our wrist of, you know, what would Jesus do? And as, as corny, as simple as that may sound, you know, if we would be just being silly, if we sat here and said, you know, everything about business is great, every bit of it's easy, all of those things. So it's not when those hard times come is really kind of reflecting on that, like, what would Jesus do in this situation? And a lot of times the answer pretty straightforward and simple then of like, we, we know what he would do, he would love and serve and, and not in a, a way of like, you know, boosting us up or or our selfish desires of whatever that may look like is going to be in a way of serving others. Um, Ryan uses this saying a lot that I feel like he coined it and I'm going to let him take it over on this, but I feel like it really, really kind of just like ties it all together of like what our mission is. Sure. And, And so again, we are here to love and serve like that, that that's what I'm here to do. The, the, for us, like we're photographers, yes, but that camera is simply a tool that I use to love and serve. You could take the camera away, put a coffee in my hand. I would use coffee 
to love and serve and most people. Most times he has both in his hand. <laughs> I, I do. I, I love coffee. Anybody that knows me, uh, our espresso machine in our house is it gets a lot of work. Sorry, I got him off topic. Back on topic. <laughs> well, I, no, you know what? I'm, we're gonna we're gonna follow this tangent for a second. I'm, I'm actually curious, Ryan. Have you, as much as you love coffee, I, I enjoy coffee myself. Um, unfortunately, I, I got hit with a, a bout of COVID, and I can't taste it very much anymore. But um, I recently have been experimenting with bulletproof coffee. Have you ever tried this? Yes. Um, I have heard of that brand. I think I had it one time. Um, bulletproof is, is that, um, it's actually, they, so it, it like- it, it's a brand. Yeah, it is a bulletproof is a brand, but the, the concept is basically using grass fed butter and yeah, butter and MCT oil or you know, coconut oil for, for just to keep things simple and mixing that in. So what I'll do is I'll make a, a cup of coffee, pour that into a blender with butter and oil and it is high calorie. So it's basically like a breakfast, Sure. Um, but but you blend it and you get this wonderful frothy foam on top and the various benefits that come from from that butter and from the oil but then also of course the kick of caffeine and and it's just it's a wonderful I look forward to it daily it's awesome yeah so we're we're we love um crossfit so we're, we're crossfitters and that was such I, I know it's made like a wave just like in the entire um, kind of like coffee industry but especially within the CrossFit community, it was like everybody I would get on Insta. I, I was on Instagram this morning. I saw one of the best looking coffees I've ever seen. I don't know what it was. It looks so good. But uh, everyone in the CrossFit community was kind of fo- fo- uh, following into doing that, like, you know, waking up, having coffee, putting some butter in there, some MCT oil. Uh, so that, that's super interesting. I haven't tried it myself, but after talking with you, I didn't want to have to. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is not, it's certainly a, a different flavor profile and I'll, I'll put that out there. And in fact, I actually tried it some time ago, didn't really get into it. Uh, but I, you know, there are certain health benefits, which I won't even try to go into right now, um, that come from that, that mixture. Uh, in addition to the caffeine that we already get from from the coffee, and it's just it's been really enjoyable. So yeah, I'll just throw that out there for anybody. In fact, um, maybe Haley can can link to Bulletproof. Uh, well, maybe you can find a recipe for Bulletproof coffee and put that in the show notes, just in case anybody is curious. Uh, we'll come away. I'm so happy that coffee somehow made it. Into <laughs> I, I knew that it would. I knew that it would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so back to the line that Anna mentioned um, that you coined, Ryan. What is that? Yeah, and so that that that's kind of like that line about where the camera is a tool that we use to love and serve. That, okay, that's like, it. That, for, that, that for is, uh, so for a lot of photographers, we feel like you know they feel like the camera. Ryan, I'm going to hand this back over to you. You say it so much better than I do. Yeah. So, like- <laughs> so I, again, so for us, camera is a tool that we use to love and serve where I think that some people kind of flip that and they use people to, so that they get their art and they use, uh, they get to use their camera. So for us, the camera is a tool that we use to love and serve I think, love and serve people. The camera is a tool. I'm going to coin it for him right now. I'm going to put it into a phrase. The camera is a tool that we use to love and serve people where a lot of photographers use the people 
to like love and serve their camera, you know, like to Mm. get the outcome of like their work that they're wanting where it's for us, it's not like, yes, we want to produce them with beautiful work because I also, I can go into that about like how that's where a lot of our name comes from also is from our own experiences. So we want them to have work that they're proud of that they put on their walls that they have for generations to come, but that's not our ultimate goal in taking their photos Um, is to love and serve them and make them leave just feeling you know like ryan mentioned earlier like that beautiful woman and even man um that they are that christ created them to be um that's our ultimate goal when they leave of course we will deliver the great work after two and they're going to be just you know excited to see that as well (laughs) i I think that's really wonderful and we've we've talked a good bit on this podcast about uh simon sinek's book it starts with why and mm-hmm. the idea of, of establishing a deeper why behind what we do. And I think it's important for a number of reasons. It, it enables you to, to create a more sustainable business. If, if what we're doing as business owners is driven by an idea that's bigger than just you know, something as simple as taking pictures um, or some kind of selfish desire, if, if it's centered around a big, an idea that's bigger than ourselves and ideally involves um, the notion of serving, which I, I also want to come back to that word here in just a second, but I, I think it enables us to be able to create a more sustainable business. Um, it'll, it'll mean that there's less likelihood of getting burnt out because we're fighting for a, an idea bigger than ourselves. Um, yeah, I, I, that's so good. And that's so powerful, Nathan, because that's what, you know, we, so um, again, we, we're still in our um, third year of business. So we're, we're going to grow a lot. But last year we photographed over 50 weddings um, as a team. And we had so many people kind of like saying, like, hey, guys, you know, you may want to slow down. And, you know, hey, like, you don't need to get burned out. And it was really this whole thing of like, don't shoot that much. You don't need to do that. And I totally understand that. And I appreciate anyone that came uh, that talked to us about that, that that came from a good place in their heart, that they were looking out for us. But again, when I wake up, this isn't about me trying to get my work into a magazine on a billboard. This isn't a, about that for us. It's about getting to love and serve people. And so it's almost, we, we struggle with like, what is that number that we're going to stop at? Because it's not another wedding. It's two more people that we get to love and serve. And to show them the love that Jesus, you know, the love of Jesus. Um, So with that kind of like feeding off of what Ryan's saying, like we're on a mission for to be a a refuge from our own experiences with photography and with the education part of our business now. So I won't go into too much detail, but when it came to our own wedding, we were not wedding photographers. Um, We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have someone in our corner to help us. Um, So we want to be that for our couples. We we don't, like I said earlier, we don't just want to provide them with photos that they'll pass down and that they'll be proud of and all of those things. We also want their experience to be something that they're never going to forget. And then when it comes to education, to to be fully transparent, starting out, which wasn't that long ago for us, we, um, you know, we popped into several people's DMs that we looked up to um, and whatnot. And I totally understand people's time and everything is very valuable. But I mean, for the most part, nine times out of 10, we were very, we were just ghosted. Like we never heard back from them. Not even, you know, a like of our, our paragraph long things that we sent to them. And then for some that we did connect with, we just felt like there was a lot of fluff. Like they were just giving us what 
everyone's favorite saying is like the highlight reel um, and not being real with us about like the behind the scenes of operating a business or like the reality of like their bookings and these, these kind of things. And so we just really want to ensure that for these um, photographers that are coming to us for coaching now and the ones that will attend um, our retreat coming up, that we want them to know that they have a refuge in us, that we are going to be fully transparent with them. Like if they hire us on to, you know, be their coach, like we're going to coach them in a way of like, we wish we would have known this and this is how we do this um, and not really holding things back in that sense. Well, I think the other interesting thing too, about having that baseline uh, mission statement essentially, which is driven by our values is it also gives us a lot of flexibility. I, I love the fact that you you both have highlighted how it's not about the photography in the end. And and what's cool about that as business owners is that means that we can, to borrow a word that was very popular in 2020, we can pivot, right? We can, sure. if, if this thing doesn't play out well, or maybe the market demand drops off or whatever it is, then we can pivot and still do something that is centered around that baseline mission. For me personally, and, and I have, we've talked quite a bit about the idea of a big picture view here on this podcast, kind of the overarching set of, of values and goals that drive what we do. And very simply, personally, I build businesses that save people time and encourage happier relationships. And the cool thing about that, that kind of overarching big picture view for me is that it gives me a ton of flexibility. Right now I'm focused on the photography industry, but I can take that same mission elsewhere to, to many other industries, still have that mission and build a business or businesses that, that support that mission. And, and I think for everybody listening in, I, I would encourage you to, to establish what your big picture view is. And, and ideally, something, an, an idea that can be summed up in a sentence that, that states what it is that you're ultimately giving to the world at large. Uh, and, and if you're able to do that and then develop a business that is ultimately supporting that mission, all the better. I think it's a really, really powerful concept. I, I, I love that. And so, again, that's kind of like what we were talking about, you know, that where that camera is a tool. You can take that thing out, take the camera away like our mission still exists. Yeah. That's that's super powerful. I do want to come back to one other thing, and and I've tried to touch on this in the past, and and probably will continue to do so. Um, we, you all have used the word serve or service quite a bit in our conversation, and I've mentioned before in the podcast that I I want to I wish we would incorporate that word in our industry even more. Um, I realize that it's a really popular word in kind of the religious world. And, and maybe in some ways, because of that, is kind of misunderstood or misconstrued in some ways when some hear that word. But I think regardless of you know, any kind of religious position, I think the word service or serve is super powerful. What's, what's unfortunate, actually, is even if you go to, like I've got um, the Merriam-Webster dictionary pulled up here on, on my iPhone, and I, and I do a search for serve, and the first thing that comes up says to be a servant. So it's not even giving a real definition. And you click that and it kind of takes you down a rabbit hole. I pull up another uh, dictionary called Wordbook. It's a separate app on my phone. And I had to go all the way down to the, the eighth definition uh, on, for, for that particular word serve to find this, which is to promote benefit or be useful or beneficial to, which I think is a, a, a halfway decent definition. But I'd love for you all to kind of define what this word service means. And again, outside of in a religious specific context or conversations, because I think it's a really important concept that we all need to focus on. 
Sure. I, I think that for us as photographers, we are in a service-based business. And I think that sometimes it's very easy to forget mm-hmm. that you're, you're providing a service. You're, you know, and so we love that. I, I, I can say, um, and I, I'll come back to this. We were at one of our favorite restaurants here in Rosemary, Rosemary Beach, where we live. And I was talking with the manager of the restaurant. I, at the time, I didn't know that he was the manager of the restaurant, but uh, we were chatting and stuff. And he was saying, um, you know, he was t- telling me just some stories about like the, the restaurant and stuff. He said, yeah, I, I'm basically a glorified um, bus boy. And I said, but I love that because you're serving alongside your people. Mm. Like that's what I believe a leader is, is he's in the kind of quote unquote in the trenches with his people leading them and serving alongside them. And so this whole idea, this whole concept of serving that that's everything that we do. Like, that's what I'm here for. And I love it. We, we say with our brides, you know, one, I I saw a picture, one of our brides sent it to me. I I didn't even know the image was captured, but it was just after family formal photos. We had a little break before uh, the ceremony and I'm taking the shoe. I'm helping the bride take her uh, shoe off. And I, I never knew that someone took a picture of that, but I loved it because it's like, that's what I'm there for. I am there to serve her in, in any way yeah. that I can. I think that Ryan hit the nail on the head with that last one of like our definition of serve. It's not that, like I said, I've said before, we're not just there to take these beautiful images for them. Of course, we're going to be like, that's our job and we're going to do our job, but we're ultimately there to serve them in any way that they, they may, may need. Um, you know, I go back to the scripture that says like he came not to be served, but to serve. Um, so nothing about their process is ever about us. Do we want beautiful images to put on our Instagram and to put on our website and to help build our business? Of course we do. Yeah. But that is not that that just comes with it. That comes with serving them well. And, you know, like knowing our craft, that's not our ultimate mission when we walk into an engagement session or we walk into a wedding day. That's just doing our job when we're there to serve them. It, it's as far as taking off their shoes. It's as far as showing up to an engagement session and the guy has forgotten his clothes and and, and assuring the bride that everything is going to be okay. You know, like it, it, we will make, he can wear work. my pants. He can make, my, <laughs> he can wear my pants. Um, and so that actually is a, a real story yeah, true, that recently happened story. to us. And honestly, when we walked into that day, and I mean, we, we do believe that with wedding days, with anything, everything is going to be okay. Cause ultimately you're marrying your best friend. It will all work out. It's fine. You know, like the little things that, that brides tend to like stress about, I mean, for getting clothes, maybe a little bit bigger thing, but it, it's going to be okay. And so like when we assured her, it's going to be okay. She was actually like, you're right. You guys said it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And you know, they led on to later on in the evening that like, before we got there, it was not going to be okay. And so like, just hearing like stories like that just keeps us, you know, remembering why it is that we show up to serve them and not ourselves. I, I love it. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't have anything to add to it. I think you all are, are wonderful examples of the need that, that we should all at least emphasize, which is to bring a higher level of service to our clients. And, and you know, if, if we are truly focused on helping, well, first of all, taking care of the needs of others and in the process of doing so, helping them just simply feel good. If they walk away with an experience, which is that, oh my goodness, I was just taken care of and I feel amazing. 
I, I don't know how you you couldn't grow a business doing that very thing. And, well, and I think that that's, that's, you're absolutely right. Because again, no, nothing about us really makes sense that like we would be teachers launch a business three years, you know, after that date, be shooting 50 weddings a year and move across the country to a spot that we love. Like that, that story doesn't make sense and it can't be based on anything other than serving others that leaves them walking away with, I feel so good. I've got to talk about this. And in that sense too, like they haven't even saw the product, the product essentially that they've purchased from us and they're already raving about it. You know, they haven't even seen their images and they're saying, I'm going to love these images. Um, But it's because of that, that service, you know, base that we put in there and the way that we serve them, they already, they're, they're set up, they're set up to know like, that they're going to love it. Yeah. I, I think that one of the biggest compliments we've received was a bride. And it was, I mean, she didn't say it knowing that it would even be a compliment, but we hadn't met her yet. We hadn't talked um, other than e- emailing back and forth. And she said, I already feel so loved hmm. by you. And I, I've never said a word to her other than email. And, and the, the, just the thought that, you know, our words have so much value and it's, you know, it's not like I, I would love to photograph your wedding. It's like, I would love the chance to serve you. I feel like you're going to just uh, write us off as being really cliche, <laughs> um, but I feel like it really just goes back to the saying of, you know, people are, are going to forget uh, what you say and do, but they're, they're never going to forget the way you made them feel. Um, and so that is our, are, you know, keeping that in, in perspective and, and reminding us as we're doing things in our business, like it's all about the feelings that we're given to our clients and to the photographers that we're able to educate. Uh, well, it, it, it's, it's no longer a cliche if you're actually doing it right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the key, I think in the end, because there are, uh, as my friend, Sean Austin actually just reminded me on, on a, a recent podcast episode here on Boca, he, he said they're cliche because they're cliche for a reason, right? That they're, it's an important concept that that actually works. But the key, and as we discussed in that episode, and, and I'll reiterate here, the key is that we actually do the thing. Because it's easy to say, it's easy to post Instagram and create this cute graphic and and get a bunch of hearts. But the reality is, if we don't do it, it doesn't really matter in the end. So it, as long as we follow through on these principles, um, that it's we're going to see results. So to that end, uh, and, and you know, of course, ironically, we're, we're here at the hour mark, um, and, and we've got a couple of points here to cover still. I'm wondering, Ryan, if you can do the, I know it's tough, but if you can do the, like the summary version, what, what are a few specific ways that photographers can, can proactively create the sense of refuge in their client experience? Uh, great question. Really hard to, to condense down <laughs> the summary version because for us, it, it's, not, it's not three to five things. It's not even things that we do. It's, it's everything. It's the whole reason behind. But if I were to list off a few, be a yes man. Be a yes man. I, have you have you ever went to a restaurant and you're like, hey, instead of this, can I get this? And they're like, oh no, we don't do that. I, I it blows my mind. Yes, you can do that. So be a yes man. Um, we we say that our clients they're they're really never wrong. Two, as simply as it is, follow the golden rule. It's going to take you. Everything will work out with that. <laughs> um, three, gift your clients gift your clients. They have trusted you to capture in the wedding photographer world that their most precious one in a lifetime day, they deserve to get a gift. So we, we love to gift um, our couples, educate your couples, make them feel comfortable, let them know that they're safe with you. 
And then two, just be an encourager, be an encourager, be a hype man, hype girl, cheerleader, however you want to say it, encourage them and love on them. From every email we send, um, every DM we respond to, every, you know, pose that we put them in, everything a part of in their experience with us, there's always going to be encouraging coming from us. So I, I want to go back to just a couple, I have a couple questions here, if, if I can ask. First of all, when you talk about this idea of being a yes man or yes woman, um, I, I would agree. Um, it, and it, that is a reflection, I think, of the very concept that you were talking about earlier, Ryan, which is, and, and, and as well, which is that we don't, this isn't about us. It's about the client and their needs and making them feel taken care of. But I know that, that there might be some pushback from some photographers who are like, well, but I'm, I'm trying to create a, a particular brand. Uh, this is my art. The idea that I'm just going to kind of cater to whatever my client's whims are doesn't enable me to build this very specific brand that I had in my head. What would your response be to that? <laughs> they, they may not like my response, but I, I mean, I, I think that my response would be if you, if you want to build a successful business that's going to be sustainable and bring, continue to bring yourself business, you should really think about going into a business where you're there for the client and not trying to make the client be there for you. Fair enough. I, I, I just don't know that. And with it'll that, ever work. I mean, I feel like you're you're touching on it, but we're not saying. Of course, we have to be professional. We have to establish, you know, business. Like we can't just let them, you know, take our. We call it experiences because we don't like the word package. Our collection. We can't just let them like take our experiences and make it like what they want it to be. But that also just goes with establishing ourselves as a professional and as business owners and showing ourselves as that. So we don't really have them coming in asking to alter all of these things because we show up on social media, we show up on our website, we show up on all these things and we and we show up on wedding days. That's where a ton of our inquiries come from is like from actually meeting people in person, but they see us and so they, they don't question us. They don't, you we, know, necessarily ask all these like things to be altered, but if it is, it's not just all for us, it's never just wrote off of like, no, this is the way we do things and we're not changing it for you. You know, like we really are going to listen to what it is that they're asking um, and we're going to do whatever we can to best serve them in that that scenario. Right. I think what Anna, like to go with that is we've built trust. Mm-hmm. We, we've built trust with people via Instagram. We've built trust with people So we've educated them and we've built this trust with them that they know I have your best interest at heart. This is why I do this. I know that Ryan also touched in that scenario of like saying the client is never wrong. And I know that some may like jump on us of like, how could you like, you know, say that, but we mean that in a sense of like, so for example, if we put them in a pose and we say, put your right hand here and they put their left hand, we're not going to be like, I said your right hand. Like, are you do you not know your left from your right, you know, like our, our ridicule them in that way. We're going to take that image. And then we're gonna be like, that was great. This time let's try this. So we're never going to allude to the fact like you're wrong. That's not what I wanted. Um, it's always again about them and also about the way we're making them feel. So we're not going to embarrass them or make them feel like they've done something wrong. Cause then they may shut down and they may not feel comfortable posing for us. Um, it's just little things like that. We're never going to make them feel like they're wrong. Or if there's miscommunication, we're going to, you know, even if we may be heated in some kind of miscommunication, we're going to take a step back. We're going to be the professional business owners that we are. 
we're going to reread through it and we're going to clear up miscommunication. We're just never going to attack a client and being like, nope, you're wrong. This is the way we run our business. <laughs> well, I love how that ties to number four. You talked about educating your clients or managing their expectations. If you do that consistently everywhere on all platforms, online and offline, uh, that makes that whole conversation almost mute, right? Like it's, it, you don't need to have these conversations with clients where they're asking you to do things that, that don't really match up with your brand because they already know what to expect to begin with. Um, exactly. So I, I think that's great. So be a yes man, yes woman, follow the golden rule. We talked about that. Gifting your clients. Is there a particular process that you go through to, to gift your clients? Do you go with a particular company? What does that look like? Yes. Great question. So we, um, we gift our brides. Um, we, we call it like our bride boxes and we actually use pack lane, um, for the box itself. Uh, I, I love it. It says, um, again, because so much of our mission ties into women. And so as they open their box, it says like, Hey, they're beautiful or hello, beautiful. Welcome to the refuge bride family. Uh, again, just that sense of family again. Um, and so we use pack lane for that. Uh, we, have different guides in there that, you know, walk them really through their entire experience with us. And then we love to give them uh, just a few different things that are kind of unique to Rosemary and uh, stuff like that. That also goes with hand in hand with educating them. So like Ryan mentioned, we put guides in there. So we have a wedding experience guide and we have an engagement session style guide. And, and this is magazines that we have wrote so that like, when, I mean, like you said, that those, a lot of those questions never even come up because we're giving them a guide to answer these questions before they can even ask them. And we're giving them the answers that we want them to have. <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, so gifting your clients, educate your clients, manage expectations. We mentioned that. And then, and then be an encourager. Uh, I think these are super practical. And uh, maybe just as we finish up, I, I would love for you guys to speak briefly on the retreat. I mentioned earlier that, um, that not only do you have a photography business, but also a retreat, the refuge retreat, can you comment on that just a little bit and how it's different from other conferences or workshops in the industry? Sure. I, I think that, again, we chatted about this um, previously, but this is a workshop and it's we say it's going to be a retreat more than a workshop. And I hope that that's the feeling. But again, you're going to get beautiful images from it, from the styled shoots. You're going to learn which something that I think is different, you're going to learn from different educators within the photography world that are actually going to be there teaching alongside us. But also we really, our, our prayer is that these photographers come and find refuge. Mm -hmm. um, also, so with that, like Ryan mentioned, we are bringing in, it's not just us. Like, yeah, we want to, we're, we're going to be there the entire time and we're going to be open to all the attendees um, for any questions they have specifically for us. But we're also bringing in um, other leaders in the industry to be there um, conversating, getting to know the attendees and all that as well. So we like to say this in our, our church, it's like, taking them out of the rows and putting them into a circle. Um, and so like at most conferences and stuff, this is a lot of people. And like, you know, ultimately, although you have these speakers and whatnot, you may like get a picture with them and may get to like say, say one or two things to them, but you don't really get time to really connect with them um, and to really probably ask those questions that you're dying to ask them um, to where this is a little bit different. So it's going to be on a smaller scale. And you're really going to be able to connect with these people on a more personal level because it's more like an ultimate sleepover and business getaway. So we all will be like staying together. 
And one of our favorite parts about it is it is in our beautiful new hometown of Rosemary Beach, which I have to plug in there that we visited one time and then <laughs> we moved here. Um, and that's simply because it is a photographer's dream. Um, and I feel like anyone that will come and visit that is a photographer will 100% back me up on that. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow. Now I want to visit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, hey, come on. Also, I, I have to say that we have very incredible um, sponsors and resources that Absolutely. our business wouldn't be the business it, it is without um, that are they're giving discount codes that are providing gifts for our attendees. And yeah. we're just like stoked out of our mind for that part too. We've been so blessed at the businesses that have came in and said, Hey, we're going to partner with you guys on this. We, we've been just so blessed with that uh, again. And it's awesome to see in this, like um, our, our little world, you know, of the photography industry, so many of these amazing businesses saying, hey, we want to partner with you because we want to be a refuge for these photographers as well. Well, I, I'm a huge fan of you guys. Um, I, I, I love the, the energy that you bring, certainly the passion about service. And I'm excited to be able to, to highlight the retreat and ultimately highlight your business and, and the way that you've been able to, to build this business in a relatively short amount of time, too. Um, I'm, I'm just really glad to be able to share all that with our listeners today. And thank you for making so much time to share with our community as well. Maybe you can just briefly remind our listeners where they can find your site, your social media, and of course, also learn more about the retreat. For sure. Okay. Instagram is like our, our favorite and where people tend to love to follow along. Um, so uh, our business Instagram is actually refuge photography underscore A-L-R. Um, and I know Ryan's going to want to put a plug in there for refuge.ryan because he has his own as well. Yeah, follow along <laughs> with me at refuge.ryan. Um, you'll, you'll see some coffee and CrossFit. But our website is www. Wait, did I say enough W's? www.refugephotography.org. And then we're on Facebook just as Refuge Photography. All right, Ryan, I'm, I'm giving you a follow right now. This is, uh, oh, I'm, I'm quite he, I, he's I, so excited. Yeah, day made, day made. <laughs> I'm quite intrigued already just as I glance at this feed. We'll, we'll link to all these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for everybody listening in. And I know I've mentioned the show notes a couple of times. Do take advantage for those of you listening. Uh, take advantage of the show notes. We, we link to the various resources that we've discussed, including, of course, the books. The talking points from the show are there as well. Take advantage, bookapodcast.com. Thank you once again, Anna and Ryan. This has been really very, very lovely. Yeah, Nathan, thank you so much for having us again. It's been an absolute honor. And to anyone who listens to that, I mean, we just hope that you feel so encouraged by this and know that you can be a refuge for whoever you're serving and uh, that there's definitely room here for you. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at bocapodcast.com. Make sure to visit our sponsors, photographersedit.com, custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and milu.com, that's M-I-I-L-U.com, the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.